right, hello everybody. Welcome to Idle Chat. My name is Jonathan Idle. Thank you so much for listening. This week, I have a very special guest this week. We have one of my oldest friends and somebody that I found more trouble in my life than I would like to admit to, my very good friend, Gabe Fierro. Nice job, buddy. Great, yeah. <laughs> He's... <laughs> As you guys can probably tell, we are doing this via Zoom, uh, so the audio is a little different from what it normally is. But hey, man, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me on. And, and once again, we're doing this via Zoom, uh, socially distancing. It has nothing to do with the COVID-19 and everything to do with your scabies. <laughs> Great. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not, I'm still not quite convinced that I can't catch scabies through the internet. Well, we'll find out. All right. <laughs> I know, you, you poor bastard, you tell me you do this and then I'm bugging you all day like you have nothing else to do except sit down with me for 45 minutes and shoot the shit, you know? Actually, actually, I was just cleaning out the refrigerator and watching porn and I was just uh, kind of just dragging it out, you know, as long as I could. Well, so your regular Sunday is what you're saying, your average Sunday. Exactly. Well, I usually don't clean out the fridge. <laughs> so, all right. So we met, we met over, over 30 years ago. I think 33 years ago, I believe we met, I think. Dude, you're old. <laughs> oh yeah, but but you're 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 still 15 years old, right? Right. Yeah. yeah wait wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> yeah, and then ever since then, um, we've been pretty much the uh, the unstoppable uh, uh, dynamic duo, the toxic twins, I guess like so. Tyler and Perry, like Rick and Morty, like Jagger and Richards, like Randolph and Mortimer. Did you write that down? Like Siegfried and Roy, like Captain and Tennille, like Donnie and Marie. <laughs> Like peanut butter and jelly, like Reynolds and Deloise. <laughs> like mac and cheese? <laughs> like mac and cheese. Like Abbott and Costello? <laughs> yeah, whoa, wait a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to go well. So we we, uh, we played in bands together forever ago, and and um, and, uh, and, uh, and somehow we still managed to find a reason to talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been a while. It's been too long. I agree 100%. So when, when last time I saw you, you came up with this great idea that we should we should have you on and we should discuss musicians that we think are are either over or underrated. That's what we that's what we talked about. Right. And 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 I I imagine that some of our opinions are really going to piss some big people off because Yeah, well. Um what I mean music is an art you know, it is an art form and, you know, art subjective. So there's of course people that I, that I can't stand. And there's, there's people that I like, but then there's the, the actual technical aspect. So many times I hear people that have never touched a musical instrument right. that are really passionate about right. music, but, but don't know at all that what goes into technically playing a guitar and spout out, Oh, so-and-so is the best guitar player on the planet. When in reality, they may be influential. They may be one of your favorites. They may invoke some sort of feeling from you, and they may be great to you. But technically, they're a lousy guitar player. Okay. You know what I mean? So, so all right. So now that you said that, like you said, this is this are these are everything we're saying today, guys. Listen, those of you that are listening, I know I'm going to get text messages from you guys. I know it's coming. But just remember that what we are saying is all subjective opinions. But it's fine. You're entitled to be mad, and you can yell at me like you do every week, and that's totally fine. So here's except the thing. for Jack, except for Jack White, that's a fact. He sucks. Okay, fair enough. Now I know people. <laughs> I know people that that love him. 
that think he's a great player. Like Levio loves him. He thinks he's great. Yeah. So this, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Levio. But here's the thing. I'm also, I, okay, being a mediocre rhythm guitar player like I am, I've, I've taken to paying attention to some people. And if they do what, you'll find, you'll see, when we're talking today, you'll find out that if they do what's right for the band, I think they're brilliant. You know what I mean? Like if they play for the song, it may not be technically amazing, but if they're playing for the song and they're playing the right thing for the band, then I, I then I kind of like them for that. You know what I mean? I, I so I, I I agree with that. But and and if you think about it, I think those are two different things. I think you can have a, a, a not so flashy, just play for the song guitar player, but but I'm talking about say that guitar player is like. You know, everybody's like touting them as the world's greatest guitar player. Right. Then that's what I think pushes them into the overrated right. category. You know, and, and I've got a few here which will probably ruffle some feathers. You know, and there'll probably be some people you know that are better guitar players than I. Nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> that'll say you don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, uh, do you want to you want to get right into? Well, I, yeah, maybe we just touch on this just a little bit more. Like I think yeah. I I don't have too many that I think are overrated, but I'm, I have like one in mind right now that I know you and I disagree on, and that's fine. I also think that if here's the other thing too, I find that if somebody is like really really technically awesome and all they do is show that technical ability, that I fucking hate them. You know what I mean? Like they're not play- again. They're not playing for the song. You know what I mean? Right. And so right. I, that really so, bugs me. So somebody that just jumps out of my head, uh, off, off the top of my head, that fits that category. What you just says. Let's say Michelangelo from from uh, uh, yeah. uh, Nitro. Yeah. So he he. I don't think he's either overrated or underrated. I think he's justified in his playing, but but technically. No one can beat his technical playing. However, right. nobody really wants to listen to that for more than a second or two, even if you're a fan of his. Right. Uh, and and the songs, they're they're not a, you know Grammy winning. Uh, right, right, right. And so <clears throat> you're not going to listen to that that night show, that first night show album. You're not going to listen to that and like for any reason other than to than to it's, it was like a full on adrenaline rush that 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 album. Now do yeah. I do I like the playing on it? No, but, but it's still amazing what they could do. And the singing on it too, Jim Gillette, same thing. He was hitting notes in the stratosphere, but I, but I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. Like I liked it and I hated it at the same time, you know? Right. So, so going into this before we started today, like I, I tried to, because like what you said, there's, there's bands that I really like, and then there's bands that I don't, there's people that, that I don't like, but it's not so much of, of, as an opinion of if I like the style, I wanted to try and make the separation in my head of, overrated player or underrated player like is there somebody in in the pop culture that's just a given like you just go into a room and you say best guitar player and people spit out one of five names and they can't say uh, why yeah it's going to be clapton jimmy page jimmy hendrix uh, uh who else right right yeah there's a handful of those and those are those are a few of them that that um, that I have on my list, and there's for different reasons, and there's there's not complete, you know, uh, overrated. Move on, you know. There's, okay. there's different reasons why. Right, well, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with overrated, underrated, or you just want to do a mishmash of both? Totally your call. Why don't you start first, and, and we'll go. We'll, we'll start with the overrated, underrated, right? And All right. You're the host, and you give me your first. Uh, you you shoot out your first uh, uh, example. All right. I'll, I will go with right now. I'll go with my first. I think this person is a really overrated singer. I can name two 
right away without really thinking about it. And the first one, and technically this guy's a great singer, but he annoys the living shit out of me, is uh, is Serge from um, from System of a Down. Can't stand him. Can't stand his, his singing at all. Hate him. So, so I, my opinion on that is, is I don't, I don't necessarily feel that he's overrated as a singer. I don't think so. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, and I don't think there are any other fans. And, and I'm just speaking from my own, uh, you know, assumptions. I don't think there's any other fans of the band, even the greatest fans of that band ever, that are under, under any illusions that he's a good singer, or he's, he's just. Um, and technically, he's, he's, he's technically. He's a very good singer technically, but just what he does with it annoys the balls off of me. There are quite a few songs that they do that are a little on the annoying side. Um, I think I think the the main takeaway from that band for me is just uh, the aggression and the tightness and the, the technical uh, you know yeah, yeah. punch and strength of the songs. Um, I, I don't I. I think we talked about this before. I wouldn't really put him in the category of as a singer. Yeah. He's just kind of the guy with the microphone that says the words. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked to so many people that think he's an amazing singer, and I I, I don't know, man. He just bugs me. Yeah. yeah. How he, about he's you? A little, technically, I think I think he's a little clever because he does like some of the harmonic minor and some maybe yeah. those Mediterranean right. scales right. Uh, because of their ethnicity and where they've come from and their background and, and uh, the, the musical knowledge, which lends to a different kind of tone to like an American metal band. Right. But, but yeah, I, um, I, I, I wouldn't put him in the category of a, a singer and, and, and rate him at all, nor would I think he'd feel comfortable knowing that people are like saying, Oh, you're not a good singer. He'd probably be like, yeah, I know. You think so, <laughs> huh? All right. All right. Maybe I have to look at it like that in the future. Maybe. Okay. Go ahead. How about you? So I'm going to jump in and I'm going to go with uh, overrated and, and I'm going to jump right in and, and piss a lot of people off. Is I already know where you're going. I already know. I know. Yeah. So, so now, now don't get me wrong. Let, let me give a, uh, you know, a little preface to this is Eric Clapton is, is one of the most influential yep. uh, guitar players that has brought different, you know, di different sounds and different, he's had a bunch of different eras. Okay. Right. So he's responsible for, a lot of pop culture and the music that we know today, you know, Derek the Domino's cream, his solo stuff. There's a portion in the eighties when he did the, like the soundtrack for, I think it's a love of money or something like that, where, yeah, where yeah, his yeah. music was really vanilla and yeah. really lame. Yeah. But overall, I just say when people say he's the greatest guitar player ever, I, I just, I just, I, he's vanilla he sticks with just the same stiff and beat, tired, pentatonic solos, and there's to me there's not much feeling. His acoustic stuff was is really good, and the older stuff is really good. Just don't think that um, technically as a player he should be one of these you know top five right. best guitar player in the world because I mean just the chops alone I, I just I just don't um, I, I just don't feel it. And yeah, I'm sure that pisses a lot of people off. That's all right. Again, it's all subjective, so who cares? I think as far as overrated, I know we're not going to agree on this one either, but I think overrated, uh, the band Korn as a whole is so overrated. I can't. I think there's great musicians in that band, but I think like every one of their songs sounds exactly like the one before, and Jonathan Davis is one of the worst singers I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, dude, so, I dare that guy just to sing one song, and it's all real notes. It's me, it's me, it's me. I, I hate him so much. I know, I know you do. So here's my feeling on corn. So, so 
I think porn is immensely influential on that new metal style of music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, Huge, and yeah. Here, here's here's the tie in, I think, with Jonathan Davis to vocals and, and their guitar players to the guitar, the, the guitar sounds. So their their guitar players don't play traditional like chords and and uh, just regular guitar playing. A right. lot of what they do is they make sounds out of their guitar right. that fit into pockets, and I yeah, think but, that's what Jonathan Davis does as a vocal. Well, Tom Morello did the same thing, and it was brilliant. So I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know, man. Uh, I he just bugs me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't. I feel like you could take him and Fred Durst and switch them out, and nobody would notice. Whoa! 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 <laughs> This podcast is over. <laughs> Dude, you went right to Fred Durst. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wow, think they're the same. They're the wild. same. They're the same person. No, you, no. Have you oh ever seen God. them? Have you ever seen them in the same room at the same time? No. Clutch my pearls. <laughs> you went right. You went right to Fred Durst. Oh wow! Well, you know what? Good for Fred that someone's talking about him today at six twenty-eight uh, on six twenty-eight at seven forty-two p.m. <laughs> good, good that someone's talking about Fred Durst. Dude, you know me. You know me. If I'm going to go in, I'm I'm diving in head first. We're going right into it. So we don't have, look at we don't have all day to talk about this stuff. So I'm going for it. All right. All right, so what are we doing now? Uh, overrated, underrated? Whatever you want to do, man. I literally, I told, right, so I, I told you earlier, I have really preferred to have a very basic outline when we do this because I want it to be very conversational and just kind of talk. And as a go, it go, and, and like Bessie said earlier, I don't think we really need to have that much of a program for you and I to be able to fill up 45 minutes. So, Right, right. So how about um, underrated? Okay. Me with one of your uh, underrated. So, so now, I, I, this was tough for me to kind of put together underrated because there's underrated people, but they're just not that well known. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. um, so, so I, I tried to keep it to a, a, a known factor or like a pop yeah. culture thing. Yeah, there's, sure. there's a few in there that I'm sure that you might have too that that are like little gems, and maybe somebody might take away after the podcast yeah. and look these people up, and and that would be great. So who's your uh, who's your underrated picks? My first underrated pick, and this guy is panned very much. Like, and nobody ever gives this guy any respect whatsoever. And I think it's really sad because I think you have to break this guy down and really think about what he did for the songs and how he played the songs. And if you break down some of his parts, they're absolutely beautiful. I think Ringo Starr is a hugely underrated drummer. I really do. Really, and and I hear that a lot from drummers. Yeah. Um, and being that I'm not a drummer and, and I've never really listened to and picked out his parts, I hear that a lot. And obviously he's in one of the most influential bands on the planet. That's just it. Now go go now a lot of his stuff wasn't like traditional, like just like a fancy, you know, a fancy beat or whatever. A lot of it is listen to his part in like they you can go on YouTube and find isolated uh, Ringo parts. Basically, it's broken, the best. It's broken down to just like him and McCartney usually. And like listen to his stuff on uh, Oh Darling is absolutely beautiful. His left hand is unbelievable on that song. And uh, and uh, she said from from Revolver his work on that those two songs. They're amazing. And, and I and I really started picking it apart. And then I started watching like the drummer from Sticks. I watched the whole the new guy, the guy that Sticks has had for the last who knows how many years. And he was kind of like literally raging about the fact that nobody gives Ringo the respect that he deserves. And I guess that's odd because it, it, it one of the biggest bands and one of the biggest names in drums would be Ringo Starr. But but as a musician, I've really thought of him as that um, you know that incredible. And I've never really paid that much attention. So 
So that's a good one. Go listen to those YouTube things that I told you about. Go check them out. And I think you're going to, and, and, yeah. and let me know. I think you'll be impressed. They're pretty amazing. He's, he's like, more like he just plays for the song, man. Like his part in, in my life is half of it's not even a beat. It's just him just kind of accenting this part and that part. And it, it, but it, but it makes sense, you know? You know, and I've always said that too, that, that my, <clears throat> the, my favorite musicians and the best musicians, you can listen to a song and not really notice that they're there. You don't really pick out, hey, listen to those keys or listen to that drum. Right. You're listening to the song. Right. right. Uh, and, and if you stand out for a portion of the song or so, it's either because you're really good and you're doing something that's really good or, on the other end, really bad. Like you're right. flubbing it up and you're uh, screwing the pooch, so to say. Yeah, he knew his role in that band and he did it perfectly. I thought it was beautiful. How about you? You know, some, somebody that's on my list of underrated that fits perfectly into that, that you, you might not even know his name and, and you just kind of take for granted. I'm, I'm a Tom Petty fan, but I'm not a huge Tom Petty fan. Right. But a few years ago, I heard a uh, track, and it was a live Tom Petty song. And the guitar player, Mike Campbell. Oh, he's so uh, great. Yeah. So, so perfect for those songs. And, like, just, like, sits back and, like, there's, there's empty pockets where he doesn't play. And he comes back in on off notes. And it's just his tone and his, um, his, his choice of notes. Yeah, uh, and completely underrated. Mike Campbell from Tom Petty. I agree, one hundred percent. Perfect. Yeah. So on that same note, I think this guy, the person, the next guy I'm going to mention is somebody that came out in the wrong era. So I think because of his style, people didn't realize how 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 good he really is. And live, he has one of the best live guitar tones that I've ever heard. Is is uh, Mick Mars from Motley Crue? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He's um he. He used to get a lot of flack, you know, back in the flashy. You didn't like for, him back uh, in the day. You were not a fan back in the day. Um. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say I was not a fan. I mean, I, I, I ended up, uh, you know, uh, really kind of getting into him. Uh, he's he's kind of passed over as as a guitar player and just looked at as a member of Motley Crue. Right. Right. You know? But I think if you listen to like his solos on like his solo on "Looks to Kill" is beautiful. It's perfect. It's such a perfect. Solo for it. It, it. I like I like solos for a, for a song like that at least. I like solos that you can, you know where it's going. You can hear it. You can almost sing along to it. And I kind of like that stuff. Like Ace Freely was big on that. His solos were all memorable patterns that you could follow <clears throat> along to and sing along to. And I always liked that about him. Right. So so that that makes me think ju just in the same genre or same uh, you know uh, time period of uh, the Motley Crue. Here's an example of a, of a song in a band with a guitar solo. You could you could actually take the whole guitar solo out of the song and make it better. Is is uh, Britney Fox? They, they they weren't like you know the, the top <laughs> yeah. of the pops or anything. But there's that girl school song, and the solo is just I could just imagine the guitar player going, "Ah, oh, how am I going to try to fill this?" Oh, and and the song and the and the pocket for the solo went twice as long as it should have. Yeah. So it it just sounds like he's just like struggling to come up with something, and there's no, it, it's just a mess. I'm just gonna have to I'm gonna have to revisit that. I think. I, I'll yeah, listen to it, and if anything, cut the solo in half because he doesn't have anything in mind. It's just it's just uh, okay. I'm just gonna play some notes. So it's so funny that you say that that it's just <laughs> a mess because there's a solo that that I think is is perfect for the song and it's nothing but an absolute disaster it's almost like i'm talking about the solo from um hot-blooded foreigner hot-blooded 
What's oh, that? where he, it sounds like he breaks a string and it Dude, just drops. And... It, it, it feels like the producer's like, I don't know, man, just give me something. He was all pissed off. Was like, blah, 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 and it, and it, but it works out, you know? I love well, it. You can hear, I, I, and I, I'd have to Google it, but I'm pretty sure that he, he breaks a high E string or something. And then, so you hear him? Yep. And then right afterwards, he's just hammering on. Because he's probably just like, ah, shit, I only got five strings now. I got to. Do something. I'll trill. I'll trill in in in, key, in the key of whatever he's in. Um, <laughs> All right. But yeah, no. That that's. Uh, but the thing is, it's perfect. I wouldn't change it. There's right. so there's so many studio flubs that like you know that made it into the song that we know and they become like a fabric of our of our life, uh, like cotton, the fabric of our life. Yeah. No, uh, and we look back on it, and if you were to change that part, it would, it would completely change the whole. Song. I think it's an amazing solo. It's like it's like he dropped acid. And the producer said, "Go for it right now, Jimmy." You know, yeah. You know, I so. can just imagine him like in the studio with like four amps all daisy together, like on eleven, just like just <laughs> punishingly loud. Yeah, just like like that sounds like shit. We can't get a good tone on it. Like I don't care. I'm just gonna turn up. The this is what we're doing. Yeah, and break strings and yeah. I'm hungry. We're doing this quick and getting out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right. What do you got? Overrated. Let's see. I've got a couple people on here uh, that are gonna. Probably piss a couple people off. So first of all, Jack White. Yeah. Uh, let's let's go with this guy for a second. Now, I like a couple <laughs> of the White Stripes songs. I like that uh, he's in the uh, Rockin' Tours or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the steady as she goes. I like that. I like when he's in a band, and I and I don't mind his voice in there. But I think there's so many. He, that's that's one of those guys where he's got these diehard fans that are like, he's a genius. He's a genius. Like like um, he could crap in a cup. And like just <laughs> present it to somebody, and people would stand around and look at it as if it were like the Mona Lisa. Yeah, he's like the, the Andy Kaufman of guitar playing to me. Like, I come out with with Fred Durst. You come out with Andy Kaufman. Yeah. <laughs> See another one. I don't think he was a genius. I just think he was a moron. He All was right. great on Taxi. All right. He was just let me tell just you a moron. Let me tell you something about him. He's not. He no. was not a moron. I'll tell you what. If you look at look at what he did, I, I'm going to go back to professional wrestling on this. You look at what he did in Memphis wrestling. It what he drew in a and he's not a wrestler. He was never a wrestler. All right, he yeah. he approached um, Vince McMahon Senior about doing it in the then WWF about coming in and being this bad guy from Hollywood that that, that looks down on all the wrestling fans. Then one of the they're a big. Big name at the time would go in there and, and have a little feud with him, and they wanted nothing to do with it. So he approached Jerry Lawler down in, in Memphis, and they drew insane money with this concept. You have to look it up. It's amazing what they pulled off. I vaguely remember the whole uh, uh, professional wrestling thing, and, and and that's and here we go again. I, and I don't want to. We're crossing the line over. Like he he drew an immense interest in what he did, right. and for that influential and and notable in, in history right right but but as far as his comedy like i i never like his whole here i come to save the day people are like he's a genius look at that he just sings it. the, the I, mighty mouse and i'm like and i'm it's like yawn i'm it's to yeah, me yeah, it's yeah. yawn yeah, yeah yeah all right um, but 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 on the same token people look at it and they see something different they say genius right and that's how i feel with jack white is all right he's got like this solo stuff like Icky Thump and Lazaretto. It is just an out-of-tune piece of garbage guitar <laughs> just directed into a board 
and him screaming like a moron. And people are like, oh my God, he's so misunderstood. He's a genius. If you don't get it, it's because you're not cultured enough. And I just want to smack okay. these people. Okay, okay, like, boomer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, boomer. It's like it's like, it's like like the, the today's version of the Steely Dan fans. If you don't like them, it's because it's too smart for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were actually great musicians, so that's okay. Right, say, I just you know. figured I'd tr try to swing in and piss off some Steely Dan fans while I was there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was a twofer. All right, all um, right. I can see that. So let me, okay. Let me bang through two quick right now. Elvis, overrated. Springsteen, overrated. Wow, wow. Yeah, yep. Woo! Yeah. Away, wow. You. Yeah, yeah. Okay, away we go. All right. Um, I will say this. I, I think Elvis was a great singer, but he never wrote a note. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like... I feel like for him to get so much more, so much more respect than guys like Little Richard and Jerry Lee Lewis is a crime. Because he was good looking and charismatic. That's why Elvis got famous. Well, he took yeah. a bunch of other. Well, that's what I was about to say. They they literally he took wanted... a bunch of people's songs, yeah. stole yeah. a bunch of people's songs, yeah. took credit for them. That's why they did it. They wanted. They <laughs> knew that there was a market for rhythm and blues music, but they were down in Tennessee. So there was right. no way that it was going to get over. So I'm going to say it right now. They found themselves a good-looking white kid that could sing it, yep. and they pushed him to the moon. So, all right. Yep. I, I love Elvis, but I see where you're coming from on that. I really do. Yeah, okay. And the other one was what now? Springsteen. Springsteen. Okay. I liked Springsteen. I liked his songs. I thought his band was great. I really liked them. Then I saw him live, and it blew my mind. But I can I see yep. exactly where you're coming from. Because I, I think when, when I saw him, I think you commented, like, yeah, the only problem with that is sitting through three and a half hours of Bruce Springsteen music. So, right, and and so here's the thing: is with with, with Springsteen, it's completely subjective. Like I, I know some people that that once again, and a lot of these bands that we're touching on, there's people that are like, "Oh my God, I love them. You're an idiot." Like you, um, you could say the same thing about here we go. I'm going to make some enemies, and, and and even though I like some of the stuff, I don't understand why Jimmy Buffett is so is, is so huge. I really yeah, don't. I don't get it either. I, I, I think like it's him. more of a... I like him, but I think it's more... It's kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show to me. Like, Rocky Horror Picture Show is a piece of garbage, but it's more about the experience of going than it is about the actual movie. You know what I mean? So right. I think that's kind right. of what's going on with him. To me, going back to see, uh, Springsteen real quick, it, it's kind of like... He's, he's very... Every song to me is just the same song, and it's just very vanilla. Right. It's like Bob Seger. And Bob, Bob Seger is another huge... Yeah, I, I went there. He almost wow. I think Bob Seger and Bruce Springsteen are in the same boat of just vanilla mediocrity. <laughs> Am, are, we, are there people in the background that I'm pissing off over there? No, I'm looking at Bessie's over here on the couch, right? And yeah. anytime like a classic rock song is playing, she goes, who is this? I go, guess. And she goes, she she says they're all the same person. She says, uh, she says Bruce Springsteen, Bob Seger. Tom Petty and some for some reason Adam Sandler gets thrown in there. I don't know why, but okay. <laughs> so remember, yes, listen, remember when we used to drive around, you know, thirty years ago, whatever. We'd just be, you know, driving around, you know, in between parties, whatever, and we'd go, okay. There'd be like four or five of us in the car, and we played a Rock 102 game, and we'd, yeah. we'd have the radio would be off, and be like, all right, everybody pick a band. So it'd be like Boston, and somebody like Bob Seger, Bruce Springsteen, you know, Aerosmith. ACDC, and then we turn it on, and one of us would always win. Yeah, ZZ Top, Billy Squire was in there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love Billy Squire. I, I don't, I, I love him. Un underrated, right there. I, with so underrated. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll go back to underrated then. I 
Um, Malcolm Young from ACDC is so underrated as a guitar player. Really? Oh, yeah, I think so. You don't think so, huh? I hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, and I'm an ACDC fan, and I never really gave it any real attention to kind of pay it, pay too much attention. Yeah. Uh, go but, go on YouTube again and look up Scott Ian from Anthrax talking about Malcolm Young. Like he he's like yeah. he's like I can't play that. I can't do it. Like he just it was his it's just his attack and just and if you, yeah. you just the way he he just kept it in the back and real and really like filled up the fill up the rhythm section. You know, like you should yeah. have. So great, so great. Nice. I got a couple more on the overrated. Okay, right? go go for it, please. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna save the most shocking one. Oh, we're not there yet. Okay. No, right. no, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I have three right now that you're probably gonna spit out your drink for and think well, that this is the crescendo and the the apex, the pinnacle of of what? Okay. But, but the last one, you're not gonna expect it coming from me. So before we get there, right, so overrated, uh, I'm going to have to say Carlos Santana, Keith Richards, and Kurt Cobain. And, wow. <laughs> and, and here's cow. why. Real quick, and, I, and I'll say why. So each one of them, first of all, completely, completely responsible for the music that we hear today, influential, like there's no tomorrow, right? Okay. Like complete trendsetters in, in every genre that they represent. But, and the early Santana is completely different. But the Santana for the last 20, 30 years, it's every single song is the same chord progression and solo all well, the time. Well, can you blame the guy for going and doing something that started making him a shitload of money? Can you blame him for going no. back to it? And that's the thing is that album, Supernatural, he wrote the same song. He had 10 different songs with 10 <laughs> yeah. different singers. Yeah. It's like, we need an adult contemporary singer. We need a Latin singer. We need a, a rapper. Hey, where's, where's that guy from House of, House of Pain? Oh, let's get him. <laughs> we need, uh, you know, uh, let's, if, if Maroon 5 was around back then, he would have had Adam Levine on there. Yeah, um, all right. All right. So but, now, what's... But, but every solo to me is just the same kind of vanilla. All uh, right. Keith Richards, one of the top two or three most influentially yeah. huge rock bands ever. And the songs, immensely incredible. But when somebody says Keith Richards is one of the best guitar players in the world, I kind of I, I, I disagree because there's nothing, unless Keith Richards were to pull out something that, nobody's heard in the last 40, 50 years that he hasn't done, and he's sitting on some sort of a incredible technical prowess. Um, see, that, that's, I, I, I don't... See, that's just, I mean, I again, I think it, it, he's one of those guys, too. He's like a Malcolm Young. It's more of a feel thing than it is a, a, a technical thing, you know? So that's where you, that's where it's a gray line, you know what I mean? Right, and that's, once again, with the, with the overrated thing, I'm thinking of, like, you know, a, a general not, never touched an instrument in their life going... Keith Richards is the greatest guitar player on the planet. Well, you know, when I tend to think of something that's that's extraordinary, whether it's sports or music or or, or anything, some sort of ability, it's something extraordinarily tough, and it, like like the average person can't recreate that. All right. Um, uh, so so what what I mean is like Keith Richards, incredibly influential, but I mean I I don't. All right, let's talk about then Kurt Cobain. Let's hear that one. Same thing. So worst worst guitar player that ever got famous. Great songwriter. Great songwriter. Great songwriter. Okay. Great simple songwriter with a hook, and and those are the kind of songs that people remember forever. 
the tone of his voice that they got out in the studio albums, great. The, the, the tone of all the albums, great. But if you ever seen him live, even on his best day, he was, it was the worst guitar player ever. ever. And I, I, from what I've seen and read is, is I think he'd be the first to tell you, yeah, I'm not a good guitar player. Yeah, all right, all right, fair enough. I think his thing was his, it, the songwriting. His thing was the songwriting. So, I mean, I, from what I saw an interview with uh, Butch Vig, the, the, the producer of Nevermind, and he said yeah. that he had, like, as far as vocally, he had great pitch and he came up with great like harmonies and stuff like that so i mean i guess yeah, yeah. yeah i guess i never really heard anybody really put him over as a guitar player before so all right that makes sense i like that okay if you want something interesting go on youtube and look up kurt cobain star spangled banner or national anthem yeah it's it's i can't imagine it's it's cringeworthy it's probably the worst guitar playing i've ever heard in my life wow <laughs> wow yeah, yeah really but write it down, check it out, you'll love it. Alright, so I'm gonna bring up I'm gonna bring up your opinions on I'm gonna ask you if you think they're overrated, underrated, or if they're right right where you think they belong, okay? And these are both yeah. for my friend Andy Sauer, who listens every single week and I had him on one time. I did I did a very similar episode with him that was that he defended things that everybody hates. This fucking guy defended Jar Jar Binks. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, all right. But he heard me say that I, I'm not a, I'm not a big. Um, I think Led Zeppelin were, they were very influential, but I think they were, they were bigger criminals than Elvis. They stole everything from anybody. So, what, what's your opinion of Jimmy Page as a guitar player? So, um, <laughs> see, okay, so, so Jimmy Page. At, First of all, Led Zeppelin. Nobody can take away the fact that they're the biggest, one of the biggest bands ever, oh, yeah. most influential ever. Absolutely, um, stole most of their songs. Uh, well, the first, and if it first wasn't a song, yeah, 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 yeah. So, as a songwriter, mind blowing. Uh, acoustic guitar, mind blowing. Mind blowing. Thank you. Um, most of what he does, producer, engineer, like all of his, uh, like he was a studio uh, player forever. Yeah, and the stuff that. Before Led Zeppelin, that that he did is just mind blowing, and people are just like, "You need a studio guy, a, a session guy." He was the guy to go to. So okay. all the all the tricks that he learned from you know studio production and just watching all the, the masters, you know, he he became more than just you know go in and play your guitar. I tend to feel his lead guitar playing is is sloppier than it should be. For yes, thank for you. such a quote unquote rock guy. Thank you. Not to not to say once again, this is that fine line where you know greatest guitar uh, persona, maybe yes, but greatest guitar player, amazing acoustically acoustic stuff, amazing. I love yeah. his acoustic playing, I, but I feel like especially later on when the drugs were heavy, his solos were just blah, 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 whatever he wanted to do, you know. Yeah. Okay. How about here's now my friend Andy is a huge. He's a, by the way, Andy's great. You, you would love Andy. He's great. He, he is a huge U two fan. How do you feel about the Edge? The Edge to me is like the uh, uh, Tom Morello is the uh, the Edge of today. I think the Edge is one of those guys that uses clever techniques and clever effects and clever sounds to kind of make the textures of his song. Yeah. But. But if you just gave him a, a Telecaster and a, a Twin Reverb, I, I don't think that you'd, you'd feel the same way. I saw him, 
okay, I I always thought he was like a good player, you know, but not, yeah. I, you know, then I saw them live and there is a lot more just him just playing guitar with nothing fancy, just him playing, dude, he went, he went on some crazy runs and, and I, I think he's a criminally underrated guitar player. I really do. And, and I didn't, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you this: I don't have enough knowledge to to actually really stand behind what I said. So, so I I, I take what you're saying, and it's, you know. All right, I have. I'm going to ask your opinion on two more guitar players too. Okay, do you have any? any oh, you have you have a big one. You're loading up for a big one, right? I'm going to hold the biggest underrated, under overrated. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to throw you two people on your opinion that I, and and and, the, <laughs> and then maybe we'll go there. Okay, so all right, how do you feel about Andy Summers from The Police? I think he's a genius. A genius. I, I, Thank you. I think I think he he played okay. So and Sting, I, I think they're both musical geniuses. Yeah, he's, he's a musical genius. Thank uh, <laughs> <Like> Kanye. <laughs> because just veering off for a second or two uh, on on like Sting, like he wrote songs where like there's three different things going on at the same time. But as a listener, you're musically on one wave, right? So if you pick things apart. Musically, there's so many different things going on, but but the melody of his songwriting would tie everything together. So right, you right. would just go along with it. Right. But it's only it's only when you sit down and you try to learn the song as a guitar player or a bass player and try to sing and play the bass or play the guitar at the same time that you're like, wow, that has nothing to do with the other part. How the hell do they fit together? So to me, what Andy did is they, they took a lot of like rocky punk punky songs, right? Yeah. And put in like Island Calypso, you know, guitar tones and the, the chords that he would come up with. They're like spiders. Yeah, yeah. They're right. Like, yeah. Right. And it's not, it's not, he wasn't just like, let me find the most messed up looking chord. Like he would, he knows the textures of the notes and would fit in there. So you should have it, something a little different to listen to than just, you know, every rose has its thorn. <laughs> so, so do you agree with me that he's, he's a pretty amazing guitar player that nobody talks about as being a great guitar yeah. player? All right. Amazing musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The knowledge on that man to know, like, like this is what's going to fit with this. is just, yeah. How about, okay, so here's the thing, too. Everybody rolls their eyes when I say this guy's name because I think he's great. I think he's amazingly influential. And I, I don't know, certainly not the way he played live. I don't know many people that could do what he did. Uh, how do you feel about Johnny Ramone? So... You, you know I love the Ramones. Oh, of course. And I've never seen anything. Uh, so as a guitar, I I don't know. I don't even know if I would would classify him. I got. I guess I got to tread lightly. No, no, you don't. So, no, not at all. Say what you think. So I don't. I don't think of him as a guitar player. I just think of him as, as a member of the Ramones. Like I never heard anything really. Like they're just fun two minute songs. And yeah. It's like they had a distinctive sound. Out of all the bands that did that era, like they had a, a few, you know, a ton of songs that that, that were just fun. But is, yeah, well, live know, though, is, man, is he underrated? His right hand, man, live twice really? as twice as fast as oh my god! I then again, that's just me. I, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just looking at him as such an influential guy, you know, you know. So maybe I'm looking at that too much. I don't know. So yeah, completely influential. I'm a hundred percent on board with you on that one. All right, how do you feel about this guy? I know, I know, I'm kind of taking over, and I'm sorry, but how do you? It's your show. It's nah, your show. No, nah, we're in this. <laughs> we're in this together, man. How do you feel about as as a singer and a guitar player? How do you feel about James Hetfield? Wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> now remember, um, now remember, nobody talks about him as being as being great at either one. You never hear anybody talk about him as being great at either one of those things. 
if if you are a guitar player and you can put on Master of Puppets and l- learn the guitar parts for Master of Puppets and tell me that James Hetfield is a slouch, then I I would be surprised. I agreed one hundred percent. Thank you. He so him and Kirk Hammett, their right hands, they're like 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 uh, Scott Ian from Anthrax. Oh, so uh, good. Right hands, the different just the patterns that they would play. Yeah. Like, you know, you play guitar, so like your normal, like, like uh, alternate up, down, up, down, up, down, they would like go and and the picking pattern on it was everything because you're just muting on your left hand. So it's like everything on on your right hand is all on your wrist that a drummer would be playing, you know, like they're doing it with their hand. So yeah, both amazing. I'm so glad you mentioned Scott Ian because I saw... I saw Anthrax just a few years ago for the first time. I never saw him before. And he was about, Scott Ian was about eight feet away from me for, for an hour and a half. And he is freaking insane, dude. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. We could do a whole podcast on Anthrax. I think each one of those musicians is at the top of their game yeah. and, and could could sit down and, and just have a, a their own college and just Did you, show techniques. Have you ever seen Charlie Bonanti, the drummer? You ever seen him play guitar? Yes. He's insane. He is insane. Do, do you want to hear my funny story about about Scott Ian? I have a funny Scott Ian story. Yeah. All right. I went to New York a bunch of years ago, and it was around Christmas time. So in Central Park, they had a bunch of little kiosks set up with you know this people selling shit. You know what I mean? Whether it's who knows whatever you know, but it's all it's like an outdoor mall, but it's in the middle of winter in in Central Park. And I come around the corner, and I'm with this. I'm with a couple friends of mine, and one of them, his name is Kenny, one of the kindest people to ever meet. But he's also, you never know what Kenny's gonna say, right? I come around the corner, and there's Scott Ian and his wife Pearl, who is Meatloaf's daughter, right? It's like a Meatloaf's yep. daughter. Yep. And I didn't <clears throat> want to make a scene. I just she, Pearl saw me go, oh shit, that's you know. She saw me kind of go, oh. But I didn't go over to talk to him. I didn't bug them at all, you know. And I walk away, and she's watching me, kind of the corner of her eye, because they're having a conversation with somebody. They didn't know if I was going to go over and bug them, you know. I'm not gonna. Kenny says to me, "Well, what? What's up? What's up?" And I go, "All right, don't look now." And he looks. No, dude, no. ten times worse than that. Okay, I go, "Don't look now," but there's a guitar player a famous guitar player right over there and he's there with his wife and her father is meatloaf and kenny goes meatloaf like that right and <laughs> yeah and, and she and just, she just she just looks at me and i just went i just i literally we're, we're 15 feet away or something like that you know and i just i just went sorry yeah. have a have a good yeah. day and walked away you know like <laughs> Fucking oh my idiot. god, is, is that Miss Loaf? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Uh, that is great. So that now let's great. talk about James Hetfield as a singer, too. All right. So I think that uh, he was a better singer before he became a singer. Right. So yeah. Meaning, meaning, yeah, like the, the first four albums, uh, maybe five, I'm not sure. I'd have to count. So, uh, yeah, Kill Em All, uh, Ride the Lightning. Uh, Injustice for All. Like, Master of Puppets before, before that. Master, yeah. Master, yeah right. And Master of Puppets, right, right, right. The tone of his voice, the, the style of his voice, like just this, even the tone, like how do you change the tone of your 
freaking no. voice. Well, so he probably much. had to learn how to sing because if he kept singing the way he did in his first four albums, he wouldn't be singing now. That's exactly what he said. And I saw some interview when the whole uh, Load and Black album thing came out. He said, he goes, yeah, I really, I had to learn how to sing to do these things. Like it was a good thing. And, and for him personally, that's great and all. But, but from this side of it, I'm like, why did you mess with it? But I mean, you know, kind of say- like when Jennifer Gray got a nose job, it's like, you know, <laughs> oh, personally, I, I'm sure you feel better about it. But for Christ's sake, I, you just ruined my childhood. <laughs> but you can nobody say- puts baby in a corner. She can walk into a room and nobody knows who she is now. Uh, but you could say James Hetfield is a pretty underrated singer, though, don't you think? I mean, he's he is he is. I I, I don't know. I think he's uh, he passed his prime. I, I wish. I, I, and just going to pissing people off. I wish they would retire. I kind of like, uh, I would, I would just like to look back on, on how they were before. Like, like, um, like maybe, maybe we didn't need the last two or three years of Elvis, uh, you know, when he's the fat, <laughs> fat, Elvis. fat bloated. Yeah. So that might, fat be, Elvis. That might be my Metallica. favorite Elvis. I don't know. Metallica's in fat Elvis mode, I think. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> All right. Wow. Holy guys. Listen. Guys, Listen, we pull no punches back. here. We pull no punches on Idle Chat. I I am one of the biggest early Metallica fans. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to come off like a Metallica snob where, oh, this new stuff is crap. But it really is. It's not the same band at all. And it's just more commercial stuff. And, and I just think I think that they, they've really run out of things to offer. Okay. So. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> But we're talking about his singing, so that's that's what it, you know. So all right, all right. How about how about Neil Giraldo, Pat Benatar's husband and guitar player? Oh my God! So I, I uh, off the top of my head, you, you, uh, I wish I wish I could remember, but there's there's two. It might be Treat Me Right. It might. Uh, I, there, there's two of his solos that I think are probably some of the the best uh, the best solos. That, that in any song is perfect. He's he's an incredible Thank guitar. Thank you. I think so too. Nobody nobody talked. Did you know he played he played all the guitars on Jesse's Girl, Rick Springfield? Really? He played all the guitars on that. And he 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 was like the session guy, and they brought him in, and 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 off he went. And he yeah. He, so and that's his. Imagine this. He's been playing for Pat Benatar for what? For almost forty years, probably close to right. Yeah. That's his only number one song. Yeah. Imagine that's that. Sad. Unbelievable. So cool. Let's go. So, but my wife Tanya just uh, she just uh, was over here and we were talking we were talking uh, about James Hetfield and, yeah. and she gave me a note that says right here and it pretty much uh, it completely encapsulates because we make fun of James Hetfield okay. with this one thing and this is the turning point when James Hetfield is singing a song and he's like. Please excuse me while I tend to how I feel. I just want to hit him with a two by four. Excuse me, excuse me while I tend to how I feel. Did he really? Is that a Come lyric? On. Yeah, that's uh. Is that a thing? God, Jesus! Like, uh, I gotta get back to songwriting. If he can pull that shit off, I'm. Please on excuse it. me while I tend to how I feel. Hero is hero of the day. Oh, I hate that song. I was garbage. I I remember one time I. I was driving. This is when I gave up on real radio when I went to Satellite. I was driving, and they said, all right, we're going to play a couple songs of Metallica. And they played that song and The Unforgiven. Oh, and Unforgiven 2 and Unforgiven 3. Well, well, I called up, and I said, "Um, why don't you just play... Why don't you just play Nothing Else Matters and make a clean sweep of the worst fucking possible Metallica songs you can play? You know, and and, and the DJ goes, yeah, I I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, so real quick, I, I got to the point of that mediocrity when it's just everything was the same stiff and beat garbage. 
where I didn't have satellite at the time. And I actually said, I'm just going to listen to talk radio because my life is over. <laughs> <laughs> I, the other thing that pushed me the over the edge with regular radio and it happened right around the same time is I had, I had 12 presets on my car, my car stereo. Right. And I went through all 12 presets and they all had commercials except two channels and they were playing the same song. Nice. You want to know what the song was? Yeah. Uh, it was it was the sickness by Disturbed. It was the same. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I fucking give up. I quit. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have a doozy, man. We're we're at about fifty minutes right now. So you have a doozy to drop on us before we get to the second part of the show. So what do you got? And uh, we had, listen, we have to do this again because I have about thirty-eight more names stuck in my head that we have to talk about again. So we have to do this good. again. Okay. Good. Right. Good. Good. Me too. Yeah. It'd be my pleasure to come back on. Uh, and and maybe I'll be a little bit more prepared with some of the backstories and some of the uh, the technical things and who who uh, you know recorded what and when so that I can kind of back myself. As, uh, as my far as up. preparation goes, why start now? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right. So one of my one of my favorite bands on the planet. Yeah. And I, I we've seen them uh, I mean more times than, than I can count, and you know spent way too much money. On concert tickets to see them. It's Kiss. Yeah. Okay. You wanted the best, and you got the best. Yeah, Kiss. So Kiss. I knew it. Yeah, Kiss. Always, oh, always shit. One of my careful, top. careful, because we're gonna have to we're gonna have to pay Gene. I'm sure he's gonna want some money for this. But go, go, right. go. Right. Yeah. All right. One of my favorite bands. We'll call them Smooch. <laughs> rhymes with Kiss. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, the first album that I ever had on my own. So it, it was, uh, we, uh, we were living in an apartment on Orange Street in Springfield. And I found this, this tote, like a, like a two hand, like a handled blue, like almost like a rubber texture tote. And it had a bunch of albums in it. It was mm. stuck in the backyard of this apartment that I was living at. Right. And I was like, what the hell is this? So I grabbed the bag and I ran upstairs with it. And I, I took Took the, somebody was stashing some stuff. I don't know if they stole these records or whatever, but Love Gun was the first album that I, I technically okay. was mine because right. I stole it from behind the tree. Yeah, you probably stole and, some kid's Christmas present. Well done. Right. And the album cover, it just, it hit me like, it oh, was yeah. like, oh, oh yeah. yeah and, I, and I listened to Love Gun and like, you know, Destroyer and, and like all these things. And like the whole a complete theatrical thing, like everything oh. just completely spoke to me. Oh, yeah. And Ace Freely became like this complete rock guitar player personified. Like he just looked, everybody else like, like Paul's like, all right, everybody! He's running around and, and Gene's like breathing fire, but Ace is just laid back and cool. Of course, yeah. you know, now he knows because he was stone drunk, but still. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He just looked cool and he just played laid back yeah. and like all of a sudden it's like, Ace Freely! You know, and they're like, bam, they go to him and he played a solo. But as I got older and I started learning, you know, the, the instrument and I started listening and going back, he, he was kind of the weakest link of the band. Like early, early really? on, he's pretty strong. So his playing, is, his lead playing is, is the same pentatonic, bend the same note. Uh, every now and then, he kind of did something a little interesting back here, like like on the early wow, stuff. Wow, this surprises um, me, man. This shocks yeah. me. Yeah. Wow. So as a as a player himself, when I see all these blogs, like you know, and all these social media things, where 
oh, he would blow Tommy Thayer out of the water. Get rid of that slouch. Tommy Thayer is a magnificently incredible guitar oh, player yeah. that, you, oh, yeah. that you, most people will never realize. Same thing with Eric Singer, the drummer, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even, it, and, and when I started kind of delving into it and looking into it, it's one of those things where, oh, hey, there was some good playing on that. Oh, well, that was Vinnie Vincent. Yeah. Oh, there's some good playing on that. And obviously you've got it's Bob Kulik. Uh, Bob yeah. Kulik. Yeah. But it gets deeper than that. They had Dick Wagner, uh, yeah. who was uh, an incredible player from like the 70s. He did a lot of stuff with Alice Cooper. Dick Wagner was an unnamed contributor and, and came in and played yeah. some solos. Phoebe Ferris from Mr. Mister. Uh, wow. Played, really? Yeah, some of the solos that you hear. And, and if you listen to, the, to, to some of these songs, or, or if, you, if you Google them, because I, I, can't, I can't recall the, the tracks off the top of my head, but if you listen... You can hear, you're like, oh, yeah, that's not really Ace. Because you know Ace's signature yeah, sound and his yeah. signature where he goes to. There was uh, Robin Ford played uh, some tracks on Creatures of the Night, which Ace was on the cover for but never played on at all. I was just about to bring um, that up because I recently listened to some tracks on Creatures of the Night. And, I'm like, and I went, like, oh, that's clearly Vinnie Vincent. Like, you could tell that's yeah. Vinnie Vincent. Yeah. Because yep. there's and, a whammy bar in there that Ace never used, you know. So. Yep. And then I'm pretty sure that Rick Derringer played on a track on Rock and Roll Over. I'm just kind of throwing this out there from memory, and, and I'd have to look it up. But that right there, there's six, six or seven, you know, guitar players that came in just to play, yeah. you know, uh, songs that either Ace was still in the band for, but we needed a better solo, or Ace couldn't show up for, or and you could tell when when they they have these guys sit in. Oh yeah. But once again, so like one of the most influential bands and players and rock guitar player personified to me is yeah. Israel. Yeah. However, as a guitar player, like technically a player, way overrated. Great riffs though. Great riffs. Great riffs. But that's the thing is it, like Paul and Gene were the, were the, the machine behind that. They yeah. wrote the songs and said, you come in and play this. I saw, um, you know, I remember I, just, I saw an interview with Bob Kulik one time who just passed away a few weeks ago. Right. And I guess he went in to record a solo and Ace was still in the band and he records a solo and he walks out and there's Ace waiting outside the studio hammered right yeah. and, and hey. Ace goes hey how'd I play right yeah, exactly. and, and Bob said best you ever played and walked out yeah. the door <laughs> yeah and, and he said during those sessions that that he would try to sit back a little and lay back a little and kind of mimic Ace's playing with the same note kind of thing but there's a lot of stuff that he recorded uh, all American Man or something. I, I can't remember the track name off the top of my head, but like, like his playing when Ace, if Ace ever had to recreate that, I'm sure he'd be like, ah, I can't do that. No way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a song that, uh, because you, you, you know, the, uh, the closeness between Van Halen and Kiss, right? No. So, so Gene Simmons basically. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so they were close and they had, uh, I guess Eddie, was uh, did some demos with Kiss, and then Ace either Ace wasn't with them or long story short, basically uh, Gene gave Ace the track of Eddie's solo, and he says, "I want you, I want you to play it like this. Yeah. This is this is the solo I want you to play." <laughs> I can just imagine Ace's, you know, Ace's face. You know, here's a, now here's something. Let's talk about Eddie Van Halen for a second. Everybody now, amazing player, really innovative, great soloist, right? Great solos, awesome. 
I don't think people really appreciate how great of a rhythm player he he is as well. He is such. Oh yeah. Look, listen to those those rhythm parts. It's not like he's just playing an A. He's all over the place. You know, what an amazing yeah. rhythm player. We saw. Remember, we saw that guitar clinic with uh, Nuno Betancourt one time, and that's and Nuno said that he said exactly that. He's like, people don't realize how great of a rhythm player Eddie is, and that's when I went back and listened. What a great what a great rhythm player. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So so uh, unconventional and and. Um and influential. Yeah, awesome. Cool, man. Well, we're going to have to get on to the second part of the of the show really quick. So, do you have anything you want to plug really quick before we before we move on? Uh, no. No? No. Okay, great. <laughs> so 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 that went well. Awesome. All right. <laughs> you can edit that part out. Nope, not doing it. Staying right there. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Trojan Trojan condoms. <laughs> That's the greatest thing that ever happened, ever. Welcome. All right, guys, you know we have one constant on this podcast, and we call it... The Final Three. Pew, 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 pew. All right, guys, you know what this is. These are the same final three questions of every single episode, and this is the best, because Gabe, being one of my oldest and dearest friends, hasn't bothered to listen to the podcast at all, so he doesn't know what the three questions are. And I cannot <laughs> even begin to tell you how happy that makes me. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Question number one. How do you take your coffee? How do I take my coffee? Yeah. Uh, uh, cream and sugar. Okay. That's Actually, it. Actually, you know what I like to do? I, I like to, when I make a coffee at home, uh, I used to be a coffee snob. Now uh, I'm not. I, so I get a shitty coffee in the Keurig. But then I buy the uh, the flavored creamer there. Yeah. So I, I could skip the sugar, get a shitty flavored coffee, and just put that stuff in, and it tastes like it wouldn't would it normally with a good good coffee. <laughs> Fair enough. I have this yep. is a I, I'm I am off of Keurigs for the rest of my life. I'll tell you why later. All right, all right. Okay. Question number two: What is the last movie you saw, either at home or in the theater? And without any spoilers, do you have any thoughts? Actually, so uh, I don't. We don't get a chance to see many movies uh, that often. But last week we just saw Rocket Man. Yeah. And all I heard from it before we watched it is that it was incredible. I didn't yeah. know it was a musical. Yeah. I can't stand musicals. Okay. Musicals, like, I, but but I we watched this and he broke into his first song and I go, wow, that was really clever. Like the way that they used each musical piece in that movie was just mind-blowing the cinematography the story that it told it was this it was one of the most amazing movies that i've ever seen it was really interesting really, um, yeah it was really it was a strong movie. Right. It was good. so we've been during during the pandemic we've been samuel watching a lot of things with uh with our friend doc our friend jeremy he here's the thing we went into that not knowing it was a musical he hates musicals and he hates British accents. So you can you can just guess how. <laughs> That's pretty specific. Yeah. So now here's the thing. I really enjoyed it. I thought I thought that he did an amazing job at singing those songs. He did such a good job. And by the way, Elton John is another one. I'll go back. Elton John is really underrated as a singer. He, everybody likes his songs, his piano playing. He's a great singer, man. He's a fantastic yeah. singer. So he did a really good job on that. I just kind of wish it was a, like a biopic instead of a instead of a musical. You know what I mean? I would rather have seen like a story of. of but I thought it was really well done. I, you know. And that's the thing is that I I thought I thought it was a good story, but but if somebody's going to break it down to technical, like uh, like a continuity director would be like, 
there was things that were out of place. There was right. like songs that he was singing in eras that the song wasn't written yet. Right, right, right. But it fit, and I thought that, and I took a step back, and I thought that fit perfectly there. There's okay. no reason to pick it apart and, and make it a, a, a documentary from start to finish. I thought it was genius. Cool, man. Yeah. I. The more I thought about it after I saw it, like I was kind of like, ah, crap. I thought I didn't know it was a musical. I just wanted a story. So I was a little... Didn't really love it at first. I think the more I thought about it later on, I liked it more than I than I realized. You know, it was one of those things. Cool, man. Great. Question number three is, do you have a local small business that you are not directly affiliated with that you would like to give a plug? Man, I wish I would have known these three questions. <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if there's a way that you could have found out what they are. Yeah, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm number one. I'm number one. <laughs> um... So I guess I would say uh, ATC Audio in West Springfield. If uh, if, if you're uh, in uh, in any sort of uh, music business and you need uh, repairs or uh, or service or um, equipment, or that's West Springfield, Massachusetts, guys. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, cool. it, it, all the way down to like cables and connectors and all kinds of stuff. They're, they're that tiny little place. They have everything you would ever need. Yeah, cool, man. That's a good one. I like that. All right, man. <laughs> all right, before I wrap it up, anything else? No, no, that's it. That's it. All right, cool, man. Well, let's uh, let's find some time to sit down and have a beer together soon. And uh, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. You the man. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, buddy. Hey, can, okay. can we um, can we uh, like fade out of this song with like the uh, Blues Brothers outro or like a Muppet Show theme or something? Do you have that sort of? Uh, do you have a budget to do that? I could probably do that. Yeah, even if you got to hum it with a kazoo. <laughs> right, maybe we'll get the we'll get the we'll get the Muppet Show song in here somehow for you. Maybe we'll put it, maybe, <laughs> I don't know somehow. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to Idle Chat Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, Pocket Cast, and Podcast Addict. And make sure you like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Idle Chat Podcast. Dude, thank you so much for doing this, man. You got it, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the light. It's time to meet the Muppets on the Muppet Show tonight. It's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. It's time to raise the curtain on the Muppet Show tonight.